Hello, residents. My name is Zach Olson. I'm joined today by Mike Estefan, and thank you for downloading this month's episode of the EM Clerkship Podcast. This is EM Clerkship's secret residency curriculum advanced content designed to test graduates of EM Clerkship. And today, I can't believe it, Mike, we are up to round number seven of the game, and we are tied 3-3. Mike will need to perform today's case in real ABEM oral boards format. He has 15 minutes to complete the full case. Mike, I am literally, I have the timer set for 15 minutes, um, and that's it today. Like, this is going to be real timing, okay? All right. Like, you're going to cut me off mid-sentence? Pretty close. You know, it'll be like how they would do it on a test day. Okay. Um, As always, Mike does not know what the case is ahead of time. If Mike hits all of the critical actions that I've listed up beforehand, he wins. And if he doesn't, or if he performs a dangerous action, I win. These cases were created by me. They're not actually BEM cases that I had, and they are certainly not real patients. So let's get going here. Mike, take out a piece of paper and a pencil. Place the paper sideways in front of you. Put the human body on the left side of it. Let me know when you're ready. I'm ready. Let's do this. All right. Dr. Estefan, this will be a single patient encounter. You'll have 15 minutes to complete the case. Before we begin, do you have any questions? Nope. Okay. You'll see on your computer screen, confirm the candidate, identify um, the information, and click agree. Okay. Let's go. I'm starting my timer. All right. The timer's been started. Dr. Estefan, you are working at ABEM General when you pick up a new patient. Uh, the chart says chief complaint headache. Okay. And what's the patient's name? The patient's name is Irene Smith. Irene Smith. And how old are they? 50 years old. Okay. Um, I walk into the room. What do I see? Um, you see a 50-year-old female lying on the bed, um, sitting there awake and talking. Great. Can I get an opening set of vitals on her? Sure. Her heart rate is 88. Her respiratory rate is 16. Her blood pressure is 130 over 80. Her O2 saturation is 99%. Okay, and do we have a temperature? Her temperature is 98.8. 98.8. Great. Hi, Irene. How are you? My name is Dr. Estefan. I'm one of the resident doctors working today. What's bringing you to the ED? Um, Dr. Estefan, I have a headache. Okay. When did this headache start? I've been kind of sick all week. You've been sick all week? What symptoms have you been having? I thought it was just a cold, doctor. Cough, congestion, just kind of felt ill. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. I'm feeling quite ill myself. Um, okay, so these symptoms have been going on for one week. You've had a cough, runny nose, and then when did your headache start? It started this morning. Okay. How bad is your headache? It's really bad, doctor. Would you say it's the worst headache you've ever had? Yeah, it's pretty bad. I haven't had a headache like this before. Okay. No history of migraines or headaches? Um, no, doctor. I don't have a history of headaches like this. I do have a history of migraines, though. Okay. Um, how quickly would you say this headache came on? It came on over the course of probably 30 minutes to an hour. Okay. Okay. Scale of 1 to 10, how bad is it? It's 10 out of 10, doctor. Okay. Any nausea or vomiting? 
Yes, I do feel nauseous, and I have vomited one time. Okay. Any changes to your vision? Um, my vision, I guess, is a little blurry. Okay. Any new numbness or tingling? No. Okay. Any weakness? No. Okay. Any other symptoms? Um, no, doctor. Just cough, congestion, sore throat, and a headache. Okay. Anyone at home sick? No, doctor. Okay. Any recent travels? No. All your vaccines are in check? Yes. Okay. Any allergies to medications? Yes. I cannot take NSAIDs because of my kidneys. What's wrong with your kidneys? I have chronic kidney disease. Okay. Do you have any medical problems besides kidney problems? Yes, I have hypertension, chronic kidney disease, and a history of migraine headaches. Okay. Do you take any medications on a daily basis? I take amlodipine, doctor. Okay. And does this feel like your typical migraine at all? No, it's completely different. How so? It's more severe. Okay. And where do you feel the pain? It's really on the front of my head. Okay. All right. Um, When was the last meal you had? The last meal I had was breakfast. Okay. And were you doing anything in particular when this headache started? I was just eating breakfast. Okay. What do you do for work? I work at... I I don't have a job right now. I guess I, I stay at home. Okay. I'm retired. All right. Um, So I look at the patient. How does she appear? She appears as if she's having a headache. Okay. Uh, What's what's my neuro exam? What would you like to know? Uh, Cranial nerves. Intact. Strength. Normal. Okay. How how's her neck? Can she range it? Is she meningismic? She has a supple neck. No meningismus. Okay. Any lymphadenopathy? No. Okay. Any tenderness over her midline C-spine? No. Okay. Um, how's her finger to nose? Normal. Okay. Uh, how? So I'm going to do a fundoscopy exam. How do her optic discs look? They look normal. Okay. Um, I'm going to do a visual acuity. How is her vision? On the left eye, she is 20 out of 20. On the right eye, she is 160, 20. Right eye, 160, 20. Okay, and how does that right eye appear? What would you like to know? Uh, How do her sclera look? They are injected. Just on the right? Just on the right. Okay. How's her pupil look? Um, is it symmetric? It is a little more dilated on the right. Okay. Um, and could I get a tono pen and measure her intraocular pressure? Sure. Um, the intraocular pressure is 18 on the left, and it is 70 on the right. Woo! Okay. Um, and Irene, do you have a history of glaucoma or anything like that? No, doctor. Okay. What medications did you take for your headache? 
I took some over-the-counter um, Benadryl, Benadryl allergy medicine and decongestion. It had diphenhydramine and Sudafed in it. Okay. All right. Um, so I can we have somebody page ophthalmology? Do we have ophthalmology in this hospital? You do. Ophthalmology has been paged. Okay. And while they're on their way down, I'm going to set up to perform a lateral canthotomy. Okay. Um... And in the meanwhile, uh, the nurse can draw basic blood work and do a point-of-care glucose, but um, I'm going to proceed with this lateral canthotomy, um, at least until Optho comes down. Okay? Okay. The nurse has never seen this procedure before. She wonders why you're doing it. Uh, So the patient has elevated intraocular pressure with visual changes. Um, and we need to relieve the pressure. Um, Irene, I'm sorry, I forgot to ask you, did you have any head trauma? No, I haven't had any trauma. Okay, so this sounds like it could be glaucoma, um, precipitated potentially by Benadryl. Um, the diphenhydramine can have anticholinergic side effects, which, um, can lead to pupillary dilation and acute angle closure glaucoma. Um, and somebody who may be undiagnosed or untreated. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and proceed with the lateral canthotomy. I'm going to cut one of the cruces. Uh, we'll go with the superior cruce, and then I would like to measure her pressure again. Um, you perform a lateral canthotomy, and the pressure is unchanged. Okay, I'm going to cut the the inferior cruce as well. The pressure is unchanged. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> okay, uh, and ophthalmology is not here? Um, they have not paged back yet. Okay, um, hmm. Oh boy, okay. Um, jeez. Well, we could start her on some steroid medications, I guess. <laughs> um... This is uncharted territory for me. Um, maybe give her some Timolol. Okay. In her eye what? and some steroids. Uh, I don't. I don't know. So you want to give her uh, Timolol in her yeah. eye? Uh, can can Nurse I? Nurse would like to clarify the order. Can I call pharmacy? <laughs> sure. Uh, Pharmacy's so got- on the line. I've got a patient who I suspect may have acute angle glau- closure glaucoma. Um, I just performed a lateral canthotomy, and our pressures aren't any better. Um, are there any medications I can give in the short term to lower her intraocular pressure? I was thinking maybe Timolol, maybe some steroids. Um, yeah, whatever. You know, a little out of our expertise, but um, whatever you normally like to give, we can help you with the dosing. Oh, boy. Okay. Uh, Timolol and some ophthalmic steroids. Okay. Um, I would recommend Timolol 0.5% drops. And if you want to give ophthalmic steroids, it would be prednisolone 1% drops. Okay. We will go with those. Okay. Those have been given to the patient. Great. And um, let's, let's get a head CT on this patient in the meanwhile. Okay. Would you like the head CT now? Uh, yeah. 
Okay. You've taken patient to the head CT. She'll be back in a couple seconds. Okay, great. And um, she's back. The head CT was normal. Okay. Okay. I wasn't expecting to find too much. Um, okay. And she had like no Horner syndrome. No, like nothing like that. Correct. Okay. What do you uh, mean by no Horner syndrome? Like no droopy eyelid. She does not have a droopy eyelid. Can we recheck her intraocular pressure? Her repeat intraocular pressure has is now 16, or I mean 60 on the right and 16 on the left. Has her acuity changed at all? Um, she says her vision is still blurry. She's still having a headache and she still feels nauseous. Okay. Um, we can give her Zofran. We can give her uh, Tylenol. Um, yeah, I, I'm obviously not going to give her toward all here um uh i guess we could go with some reglan as well okay those medicines have been given okay um how you feeling irene i feel mildly improved after the tylenol and the zofran and the reglan okay are you still feeling nauseous i do still feel mildly nauseous but it's better doctor okay um Oh, shoot. Uh, can, we, can we get a U-Preg on her? Uh, the U-Preg is negative. Okay. I figured so, but you never know. Um, okay, what am I missing? I She has an injected eye with an elevated IOP without trauma. She took a medication that may have precipitated this. But I wasn't able to drop her pressure with a lateral canthotomy. Um, ugh. I need to phone a friend. Is Optho down here yet? Optho has arrived. Yay! Optho, how are you? We're doing good, Dr. Estefan. How are you? Good. I've got a patient uh, with a no known uh, ophthalmic history who came in with the worst. Worst headache of her life, essentially. It was not a thunderclap headache, but she did have blurry vision. Her optic discs looked fine, but um, her acuity was off in the right eye. She was 160 over 20 um, in the right, 20, 20 um, on the left. Her pressure was 70 on the right versus, I think, 16 on the left. Um, and her sclera were injected. I was concerned about acute angle closure glaucoma, but... My initial concern was her elevated intraocular pressure, so I performed a lateral canthotomy with no resolution after cutting the superior cruse. Um, I managed to drop her pressure by 10 after cutting the second cruse. Um, we started her on Timolol and steroid eye drops. Um, the only thing I could think of that may have precipitated this was she did take some Benadryl. Um, before coming in for her headache, um, but no known history of glaucoma or anything. Do you have okay. any, quest any questions? No, thank you for the consult. We'll take it from here. That ends your case. Great. Do I have any time left, by the way? No. Okay. You're out of time. Ugh. Dude, that was rough. <laughs> Welcome to test day. So you know, Mike, how when I called you after test day and I was like, oh my God, I failed. Yeah. Remember that? 
that was yeah. because of this is how it feels. Just so you know, imagine eight of these. And <laughs> Jesus. Did you like my flat monotone voice? Yeah, dude. I was not. Isn't that I good? Was, I was not. I wrote ready that in. That. I wrote that in. I said, be, be monotone. I imagined myself staring, staring you down. Like on test day. It was fun. Just, just like totally indifferent. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, dude. That was pretty difficult, man. How do you think you did? Oh, man. I have no idea how I did. Like, oh, I, I have not seen much ophthalmology so far. I've done like two woods lamp exams in all of residency. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. What was the final diagnosis? Um, I think it was acute angle closure glaucoma. Okay. It was. That was the, the diagnosis. So okay. good job Great. on making the diagnosis. You picked it up with your, your history and exam. You were spot on with your history. It was precipitated. You know, this is probably someone who had maybe like chronic glaucoma or something. It was precipitated by both the Sudafed and the Benadryl. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, and so you made the correct diagnosis. That was one of your critical actions. You consulted ophthalmology. Um, you rechecked the um, intraocular pressure. So um, let's see here. What is the pathophysiology of like acute angle closure glaucoma? Oh, man. Um, it's something like, jeez. I know you. it's blockage of one of those canals that I can't remember the name of. The, maybe the trabeculae? I, I don't know. Something in the eye um, where you essentially can't drain the fluid out of um, the eye and the pressure builds up, right? Something like that. Okay. Yeah, so where is the pressure coming from? Isn't it the anterior chamber? Correct. So, yeah, it's a difficulty with the... The outflow of the aqueous humor, yeah, of the eye. So the pressure builds up from the inside of the eye going out. So it's kind of like you you have a a basketball or something. You can hear my baby crying. Um, <laughs> he was just as stressed as you were. He's not used to hearing me talk that flat. <laughs> so what's wrong? Um, so it's a it's essentially you know like you're it's like a basketball or something, but instead of having like a like a basketball that you can like squeeze on a little bit that has a little give. Imagine now you just keep pumping it full of air. Now it's like hard, right? That's yeah. essentially like the pressure is from the inside out. Um, let's start with this. So when you, why, how does a lateral canthotomy decrease the intraocular pressure? Okay. Yeah. So th this is where this was going. Um, so it decreased. So I guess anything that would cause, Incre increased pressure, like maybe posteriorly, like a retrobulbar hematoma or something, a lateral canthotomy would release the tension on the eye. But I guess if if the pressure was coming from literally inside the eye, the canthotomy would not do anything. Correct. So the eye is held in place, obviously, by like the <laughs> orbit. I'm trying to get my baby to stop crying. I'm sorry. At this point, though, it doesn't matter because now we've done it with the case. Now we just have a fun baby crying while we talk. Yeah. Um, you know, small talk over, over a, a small child. So, you know, the eye is held in place by the orbit and then those, like, those ligaments, those can't, whatever they're called, the anterior, whatever, the cruise, the ligaments that you do with the lateral canthotomy on is what keeps the eye from popping out the front of the orbit, right? Essentially. Yeah. And that's, like, a very simplified way of putting it, but essentially you have the 
all of the walls of the orbit hold the eye in, and then you have the two ligaments that keep it from popping out the front. Mm-hmm. Kind of, I think. I think that's how it works. Oh, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure. Essentially, in my simplified mind. Anyways, yeah. so if you get injured, if you if you have a injury to your head and you get a like what you said, like a retrobulbar hematoma, essentially the blood is pushing on the eye. The pressure inside the eye is going up because it's imagine that you know the basketball is sitting in a box, and the box is you know. It's essentially the box is open on the top, but um, you have two, whatever, straps or something keeping the basketball in place. So it doesn't – and let's imagine you, you start filling up that box with water or something, right? Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. that you know, you're essentially pushing that basketball, but it's being kind of pushed up against those straps so it doesn't come out. And so like in, in that pressure is bad. That's how you lose vision. And so like in a trauma with all that pressure behind that, you can't drain – the retrobulbar hematoma in the ED or anything. But what you can do is you can cut those straps so that the eye essentially comes out of the, the eye a little bit. You essentially are letting the eye come out of the orbit so that the pressure goes down, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Makes total sense. So um, in this scenario, uh, uh, lateral canthotomy would have been a dangerous action. Um, it would not improve the the intraocular pressure of acute angle cholesterol glaucoma. As far as I know, and I always end up, I'm always worried I'm going to eat my words, but I've that is not a, a primary treatment or a known treatment for acute angle closure glaucoma. I'm open to correction, though. But um, not in the books and stuff I read preparing for this. Okay. okay. So yeah. um, the treatment of it. So then let's, that leads to how do you decrease the pressure if, the, if you can't decrease it by just, like, cutting the eye out, essentially, right? Yeah. And so you have to decrease the pressure inside the eye. So um, – Essentially what happens with glaucoma is when you dilate the pupil out, which Sudafed would do, which Benadryl would do, right, anticholinergic, you dilate that pupil, and that's what kind of obstructs the outflow canals of the humor, right? Yeah, yep. And so what you want to do is you want to basically constrict it down, and you want to do things that can decrease the pressure inside the eye. And so your classic um, – I'll just kind of run through the list. And what I actually did before the test is I actually had this um, – this is one of those things I just kind of memorized – to be honest, it's not like too terribly intuitive for me. I, I just memorized it. Um, but so mannitol is something that we all know decreases pressure of things, right? Decreases yeah. intracranial pressure. So you can give mannitol. Um, you kind of get a quick pressure volume drop with that. So sometimes you can do that. Um, there's another one that you can give IV called acetazolamide, which yeah. is a carbonic anhydrase inhibitor. And essentially the way that supposedly works is that it decreases like the amount of aqueous humor. Okay. So those are two ways to kind of do it IV. And then really what you need to know are the medicines. Um, pregnant, the steroid drops do work, although it's kind of something you'd normally do in consultation with Optho. Um, the three that you need to know, what you got one of them, you got the Timolol drops, which is a beta blocker. And then the other ones would be like an apiclonidine or a clonidine, something like that. Will um, an, an alpha two agonist? Jesus, this is so hard to do while holding a baby. And then, sorry. <laughs> and then pilocarpine, um, which is a cholinergic, um, which is kind of like the opposite of an anticholinergic, right? Like if you had a cholinergic toxicity, you'd be having those like kind of pinpoint pupils, right? Yeah. And yeah, so yeah. you essentially do the reverse of what caused the the outflow to obstruct and you, you constrict the pupils. And so some combination of those things, usually the drops and maybe some mannitol or something are how are the known treatments for acute angle closure glaucoma. And you can read more about this. I think you would probably on test day need to get, you probably don't need both 
Manitol, Anacetazolamide, but probably one of those. You know, the more of those you kind of verbalize understanding of, the better. Um, you had basically the Timolol and, you know, the prednisolone maybe, you know, depend. You know, it's not first line, but I, I do think that Optho sometimes gives it is my understanding. Um, and this is hard, too, because I've only had – I've only seen one – actual case of this, like a true, like acute ankle closure glaucoma, classic. Um, Otho came down, they actually sent the patient home once they got the pressure down. Oh, wow. And saw him in the office the next day. They did a bunch of drops and all sorts of stuff, but they come, they came in and um, took care of it. So, um, but you did a good job identifying it. That's really the first, that's like the most important step, right? You know, you have someone that comes in with a headache and they get triaged to fast track because they have a headache with like an upper respiratory and a cough, you know, and no one looks at their eye. And then their eyes, you know, one of their eyes is like a little pinkish and you just have to look at it. If you don't look at it, you don't see it. If you yeah. go straight to like, you know, looking at the TMs and the oropharynx and doing your neuro exam and you, it's not like it's that glaringly obvious on exam. It, it doesn't like completely jump out at you if you're not looking at it. It just jumps out at you if you look at their eyes. Yeah. Does that make sense? The ones that yeah. like the one I saw is like, oh man, that's a high pressure. And as soon as you saw it, like you couldn't unsee it, but Again, it was, it's this classic case. They're in fast track. They have a little bit of a headache, maybe a cold or something. And you're just thinking, you know, get them some, some DayQuil and send them out. You know, this is your five-minute discharge type thing. And yeah. then you go in. and So it's a tricky one. Um, so essentially on this case, the, I had four critical actions. Again, it was identify acute angle closure glaucoma, which you did. Um, consult ophthalmology. Recheck the intraocular pressure. Um, and the last one would be treat acute angle closure glaucoma, uh, which you got one of the drops and maybe the prednisolone, um, a little lack of understanding on the physiology and how to treat that. Um, and then dangerous actions I predicted, um, I put in NSAIDs, you know, cause with her kidney, but you did a good job cause you have good form again, right? Now you have good form. So you're not given allergy medicines. You're not doing tour at all. Like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would put a, a lateral canthotomy on the list of dangerous actions. You probably would have failed that case. Um, yeah. <laughs> but that's why we, that's why we practice this for sure. For sure. So, um, good job. Any other thoughts or comments on that case? Um, no, I, I guess, you know, this is a little off topic, and I apologize. I'm coming down with some kind of illness. Um, but on the topic of not overlooking patients who are triaged, as like a level four or five. I had a crazy case where it was our first cold night in Philly. It was like a code blue, so um, like all the homeless were coming into the ED kind of thing, um, and it was just five minute dispose all night, and we had someone coming with a URI essentially. Um, they were triaged as a five and I thought it was going to be another five minute thing. Um, but you know, I, I gave them the benefit of a doubt. I did a basic medical history, found out they had a history of cancer. We did basic blood work and they were neutropenic with a white cell count of like 0.2. Um, and it was, yeah, neutropenic fever triaged as a level five. Yeah. So there's a lot of nurse practitioners and PAs, um, in addition to med students that listen to this show. And, um, I think this is really important for them because as you, you've probably already seen this, but there's many emergency departments where you have advanced practice clinicians, whether it be again, PAs or nurse practitioners, they're, you know, running the fast track. And so you're in the back with the quote, complicated patients that many times are pretty straightforward, like a STEMI, like 
I just order the order set and make a phone call. <laughs> yeah. Like it's not actually that crazy other than identifying the STEMI and the EKG is like the main pitfall, I guess. Uh-huh. But fast track is where all the landmines are because they get, you know, they even show up differently. You know, you look on the tracking board even and you get a STEMI and they're like, it's like their names in black and <laughs> all this stuff. Um, you go in triage and the names like in pink and the chief complaints like URI symptoms. <laughs> And yeah, the patient's been there for eight hours and you have to see such a high volume of the fast, you know, and, you, and you've seen like 10 URIs and the, pa- you know, the 10 patients before that were all URIs with the headache and sore throat. And so for like the PAs and the nurse practitioners out there listening, you know, fast track is no joke. Um, there's a you know, these patients are meant, they're meant to be moved fast. Like they're not typically patients that require a lot of testing, but they certainly are patients that have true pathology that you're, you know, just ready to step on as like a big landmine. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, you think of like the classic examples, like what stuff that gets sent to fast track. So like anything like ear, nose, throat is yeah. getting sent out to fast track. It's like low back pain, headaches. Low sometimes. back. So yeah. So like the ear, nose, throat stuff, I'm trying to think of like what would be, you know, glaucoma is a good one. Um, shit, like, like a, what acute, else? Acute HIV could present like that. Yeah, maybe like some of the peritonsillar epiglottitis stuff. That should be a little more obvious, though, with how they're handling secretions. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that kind of thing. I've definitely had like the – I've had a sore throat fast track patient that like was almost intubated with angioedema. I sent you that text message the other night about the case of epiglottitis we had that was, again, triaged as a sore throat. Um, they were not fast tracked, but they were a – level five acuity like the lowest and um it wasn't even like because of the triage we sent the med student to go see the patient um and when she came in and she was like hot potato voice can't handle secretions we were like no way no way and then we went to see the patient and she had epiglottitis it was crazy um (laughs) So, but yeah, so like the ENT stuff, the low back pain would be like your classic, you know, your triple A's, your epidural abscesses, as we've covered previously. Jeez, bro. What do you want? You want some milk? I think we're gonna have to call it quits here. I have to go get some milk or something, but um, anyways, but good job. Have a good holiday season. Um, Or I suppose, let's see, this will be out on January 1st. So I hope everyone had a good Christmas. Happy New Year's. And we'll be back next month. Bye. Um, geez, this is like the new life. This is what y'all can look forward to. Um, until next week or next uh, month, keep working hard, keep studying, and be sure to enjoy your shift. I'm flustered now. Bye. Oh, send us emails. Z A C K at emclerkship.com. Mike, M I K E at emclerkship.com. Peace. See ya. And now he stops. And now he stops. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, we should just leave all of that in, don't you think? Oh yeah. <laughs>